Welcome to That Sucks, presented by Handshake Media. I'm Dan Crib. <laughs> Fucking nah. We've got in alphabetical <laughs> order. I'm Dan Crib. I'm Troy Neverbond. And we are the co-hosts of this wonderful audio play known as That Sucks. Uh, Troy, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. You do cover gigs quite frequently, correct? Uh, I've covered a gig once in a while. No, you do every week, don't you? Yeah. <clears throat> About every week, twice a week, sometimes three, sometimes four times a week. Really? As many as six times a week, but infrequently that happens really are there any songs that you think you don't do very well or you uh, refuse to a, a tackle uh there's a few there's a bunch that i refuse to tackle um there's a bunch i probably don't do that well but you know what if i've heard it i'll give it a shot that's my my general rule wow yeah that's bold of you that's very bold of you <clears throat> thank you uh have you ever covered all the small things yes have a you? Lot. yeah millions of times really i played that song probably like 700 times wow that's not an exaggeration. i would have played it that many times what do you think of the song it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Is it hard? To, it's not hard to cover, right? No, it's pretty easy. Well, that leads us into this week's topic. So you know, oh. you know, Big Papa Neil, the uh, from the green room. Oh yeah, he's one of our, uh, you know, fellow Handshake Media colleagues. Yeah, Daddy. Yeah, Papa Daddy Neil. Uh, he he was watching TV earlier this week, mm-hmm. and he came across a cover of all the small things on. Have you heard of a show called The Masked Singer? The Masked Singer. Yes, I've, I'm aware of it. Yes, and there was a. A uh, mystery guest dressed as a kitten singing all the small things and it made him very mad. Oh, I see. And then he called me and he said, we need to do a deep dive on That Sucks. Right, fuck. It's terrible covers. So that's what we're doing this week. Have you? Oh, let me let me just play you the, the clip of uh, all the small things on The Masked Singer from earlier this week. So for anyone playing along at home, pause, go to YouTube, look up all the small things, The Masked Singer, and then uh, come back to the podcast. I'm going to show Troy this video. Show me. For those of you who are listening, uh, there's a someone dressed in a huge kitten outfit singing all the small things, and um, the judges are losing their minds. I don't they know why it. they're so excited by it, right? They fucking they're love frothing. it. Look they're at them. fucking frothing. This is the best day of their life. Danny Moe can't get enough of this. Anyway, that's enough of that. That's that's making yep. me feel sick. Yeah, anyway, Papa Neil got a gl- glimpse of that. He was not happy. Let's, should we, let's, let's call him in and get his vibe. Let's get... Uh, a new segment on the podcast, Neil's Take. Neil's Take. So we're uh, we're now joined by Neil Griffiths from the Green Room, Papa Neil, as we like to say. Have you have you met Troy before, Neilio? Yo, no, I've heard your voice many times. Neil, I just showed Troy the all the small things cover from the Masked Singer on earlier this week. What were your thoughts, Troy? I mean, I'd say if like compared to the original, if the original's like about a ten, I'd easily say that's a nine point six. <laughs> I mean, like, to be fair, all, like, without getting too nasty towards the Masked Singer, all of the covers they do are either weird or bad. Bad because a lot of the time they're singers who can't actually sing, or weird because that's the whole shtick. They've got to try and fancy it up so you don't know who is doing the thing. Um, but, I mean, I mean, we now know it was Julia Morris singing. Does Julia Morris, has she sung before? Does anyone know that she's done like theatre or something? Maybe? Surely she would have done some, she would have probably would have dabbled in some light I don't vocals. even know who that is. I- I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. Oh, yeah, that lady, the dark haired lady? Yeah, she's, I mean, she's a stand up comedian. Okay, um, yeah, okay, yeah, I know who that is. Okay, the cover to me wasn't that bad. I've seen enough, I've seen enough cover bands do it where I'm like, the song's ruined anyway. What I couldn't stand was the fanfare around it, the judges losing their mind. Like, why, why were the judges jumping up and down and honestly the one thing i didn't want to see was dave hughes doing air guitar to all the small things <laughs> yeah man i mean like if you, if you watch the and i'm sure you're all of our bosses dan 
you know who I'm talking about, Mr. Mast. He yes. The Mast Singer. And like that's the the what the, the judge panel have to do in every song because I mean if someone who can't sing for their life is up there performing and they pan across to the judges who are just standing there blank faced, it doesn't really go with it. They all have to like pretend they're having the greatest time of their life, even when it's hot, hot garbage. Wish it was. But they were losing their fucking minds. They were like, I've never seen someone so excited. Yeah. And I, and I had a kid like three months ago. Uh, yeah, I but mean, I know like I don't know who does the arrangements for this show because remember last year the I think Kate Sobrano did Billie Eilish Bad Guy. And then, like, a US band came out and was like, they've stolen our entire arrangement. <laughs> and there was like, a whole social media campaign about it. And, like, I don't want to point fingers, but it sounded legit. Like, it's very, very fucking close. I mean, isn't the whole thing for the Masked Singer, they're like, who cares if you can sing or not? It's just meant to be like a guessing game. Yeah, basically. And again, I don't, uh, the cover, nothing against Julia Morris because it's not really up to her to make blink White twos or the small things any better than it was, but um, it's just the fanfare. Again, please, Dave Hughes, do never, ever, ever do air guitar to blink White two ever again. Yeah, he's, um, I mean, I don't want to say he's sold out, but on the mask, you know, he looks like he's having way too much fun. Whereas like yeah. his old stand-up routines, he would be absolutely mocking that format of show. Um, yeah, as I said, like if someone packs a, uh, you know, drives a truck full of money to your doorstep and says, here you go, then... You know, you're gonna say, "Yeah, I'll I'll dance." I'll look. I'm telling you right now, I'll dance to that song when you if you give me like ten thousand dollars. I don't care. Do you think you could do it genuinely though? Look, you tell me how much Dave Hughes is making for that, and I'll tell you if I'm like if I'm happy to do it. I mean, the Mars Singer was like 10's biggest show of 2019, right? So I'm sure the the budget on on this season is surely doubled. Yeah, they kicked off Lindsay Lohan because she couldn't fake it enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because before every time they like revealed someone, they're like, "Look, it's that guy from that ABC show," and she was like, "Who the fuck is this?" What ABC? Huh? Anyway, we'll let you go because we know that you got to crunch those numbers and get all the scoops on the green room. So we'll let you get back into the room. Yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, but thanks for joining us. It's so great to have a fellow Handshake Media Network. Oh, we're buzzing. We we we, we can't believe our luck. We're buzzing. Oh, I can't. I'm I'm so happy. I finally, get to meet my dad. Right, love you, love you, dad. Thanks, guys. Cool. Wow, what a cool guy. What do you reckon? Yeah. So you see, this is, this is why I'm always gushing about Neil Griffiths. Uh, moving on. But like, you know, I've played that song like worse than that before. Have, so, you, have you really? Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm not going to name any names. I've played that song a lot with a lot of different people. I've played a lot of songs and yeah, that's wow. a that's a standard level of um, of cover. Execution. Of, yeah. She just, um she doesn't have a great voice, but that's, that's Again, fine. that's not what the, I, I think, I think it was fine. Like, I, I think she sung it okay, given the context and yep. but i just can't stand dave hughes doing air guitar yeah but that, that's I, what that, that's what the still for this episode is going to be it's going to be dave hughes doing air guitar yeah. <laughs> with the cross the room <laughs> yeah but as i said i think he, he's getting so much money they're all getting so much money for this that uh i'm sure you and i would do the same thing 100 percent. they're probably just showing them pictures of money and that's why they're so excited yeah cut it together <laughs> so let's keep let's let's keep going let's go so obviously we're going to expand outside of the masked singer yep um and have you ever played any cover gigs before yeah, we did the whole Simpsons. Oh yeah, cover but that thing. doesn't count. Doesn't like it? people, people know we did the Simpsons thing. That was that was like their own arrangements, punk yeah. rock arrangements. And I covers. did. Uh, I've done a various uh, like punk rock cover gigs, and it turns out if there's anything uh, less attractive than original punk shows, it's punk rock cover shows because <laughs> when you learn twenty punk songs and have five people come, yeah, there's right. not too many people there to get mad. Yep. Yeah, was it a? Uh, 
was it a tribute gig or was it just a straight up covers gig? Just straight up covers gig. Yeah. So I've um I think just generally I don't, I've really done that many tribute shows, but they seem to be really popular at the moment. Um, I just do more covers where, like I've probably got I, I worked it out a little while ago. I've probably got at least five to six hundred songs that I played over the course of maybe ten years, maybe more than that. But I'd say of all those songs, I reckon two to three hundred of them I could play and sing right now. Really? Um, the others, maybe I'd run through them once or twice. I'd have to sit and think about it for 10 seconds. Because hmm. um, once you learn once you learn how to learn songs, it becomes pretty easy and remember them. One thing I don't like strictly about tribute bands is I don't like having to learn all of the parts when I've got to play 30 songs in a night. You know, like if I'm playing guitar in a four-piece band and there's keyboards in the original arrangement and like 60 tracks of guitars and vocals and stuff, you kind of have to be creative in how you... Like yeah, replicate that, that, find the part, the important parts of the song and plan, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that's that's more what I like doing versus having to learn every single part and get every single fucking sound correct. That to me is just my worst nightmare. Um, but in saying that, what I like about playing covers and performing covers is I'll get like a little spiritual for one second. It doesn't, not that spiritual, but for me, whenever there is a song that is put out in the world and people really enjoy and really like it, there's always this like essence or there's a soul a soul of the song. So, for example, Small to Small Things has energy to it and it's a jump up and down. It's a pump up song. When I played it before, people jump up and down and they get really into it. There's a, like a level of excitement. You see, yeah. you, what you're saying is you went on a bit of a power trip. <laughs> what I'm saying is that when you listen to a song, the feeling that that song gives you is important. And so what I really fucking don't like uh-huh. okay. is when people take these songs like say all the small things and maybe turn it around and turn it into a ballad yeah, or so play it half tempo. Again, like for me, it's it's important to like have some sort of reference to what the original song sounds like. And the thing that I really don't like is when a song is, uh, it's just turned into a completely different song with the same lyrics. And the biggest culprit of that for me is like a version, Ooh. of which I'm not a huge fan of. There's, there's a certain- A Triple J takedown. Yeah, like I don't, I don't give a shit about Triple J. Like either way, I don't hate it, I don't love it, whatever. Uh, and there's been some good versions. Like a cafe that I go to always has like a version playing uh, as just their house music, which is, you know, once in a while I hear some good versions. But I feel like a lot of stuff that I've seen go viral is just like real down tempo versions of popular songs. Yeah, hundred percent. And that to me is pointless. When you take uh, an energetic, like a fun song, a fun energetic song, and just make it like droopy and sad. Like, just fucking don't. <laughs> you know, you just, you take the entire soul out of the song, you know. And people, I've seen people do it all the time. Should have come with some better examples of this, by the way. I'll cut that specific thing out. Um, but yeah, that that really that really sort of bothers me. Like, And I think a lot of people, they don't even cover songs like that. They literally write a completely different song. And it literally, they just take the words and nothing else. And they just reinterpret the words in their own song. That to me is not a cover. That's just. But is like, that in the same way as somebody you know uh, has got like a real upbeat song, and then they do an acoustic version of it? Aren't they doing the same thing? Well, it depends on who's doing it. Like, like there's you know, there's acoustic versions that. Here's a good one that I can think of off the top of my of my head. So take Foo Fighters times like these. Mm-hmm. That's the original version, and there's a, an acoustic version which the original has uh, is in seven or like the main parts in seven. And the, the cover version or the acoustic version is just in straight 4-4. Four, four. And it's a bit more acoustic. It's a bit more down tempo. That's one example of it. But the song still is the song. It's reinterpreted the soul of it in a different way. But it still kind of feels like the song. And there's a BBC version of that that came out maybe, 
I think it was in April. It was like a um, in isolation oh, yeah. version, like you know, Julie is singing on it. All these people are singing on it, which is pretty cool. But it's again, like what uh, the imagined video should have been. <laughs> yeah, like pretty much. But it still has. It feels right, and it feels like they. It's a good uh, interpretation of that song. For me, a lot of the lacquer version stuff is just kind of bland and and boring, and with no reference to what the actual song is and what it means. But is that? I guess they do so many of them. It's more like a ratio of like, yes, if you've done a thousand like versions, then X amount are going to be. Because I guess it'd get kind of boring if they're all the same, though. As well, the same as the you, original. But not really. But you pick, you, there's so many different songs. Again, like if you want to do a slightly different version of it, that's fine. But like, don't yeah, I know, fucking okay, ruin I know, the song. I, I know what you mean. A good example of this is um, our friend Alex Leahy, who we worked on a Simpsons song with. Mm-hmm. She did um, Welcome to the Black Parade. And it's like pretty true to the original, but she kind of injects her own bit of energy into it. So that's like, yeah. Um, if you you're, know. and she's like, she's got a thing, she's got a vibe about her. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So she that. brings her vibe to that, and that kind of complements the song. Whereas I don't think, could you do the Black Parade as a stripped back thing? I'm sure someone's probably done it. Would it work? But you know, like, should we do it? <laughs> but I mean, I think that's where, in terms of what I do with my cover stuff, I've I've seen people do covers like acoustic covers where. It is taking, it's not just like like a version that does it, but people do take these songs and they are cool songs and just because it's a, uh, acoustic, they turn it into a folk song. Yeah. And that's not what it is. I can still play, for example, Summer of 69 on an acoustic guitar and make it feel like a rock song. I can still play Black Parade and make it feel like a rock song yeah. or have energy. It's just like, it's having that so, knowledge and uh, uh, like aptitude to make it happen in the first place. I think a lot of these people don't do it and therefore these uh, covers just fall apart. Well, and I think that's partly why one of our um, one of the points or another cover I was going to talk about was um, Taylor Swift in 2018 putting out a cover of uh, Earth, Wind and Fire's 70s hit September. Oh, yeah. So that's like a real funky, upbeat song. Yep. Her version of it. Um, have you heard it? No, can you play I'll it? Yeah, I'll play it. So the original version's quite upbeat. Yep. And, uh, again, played for that all you... Uh, oh, you've played it? Yeah. Can you play it right now so people know what we're talking about? Just like a little... <laughs> give us a little ditty. Uh, that's one I would need to go over because I know the... I'll, I'll fuck yeah, the chords. Bullshit. You can know how to play that. Yep. <laughs> 500 songs, my ass. Uh, anyway, I'll, I'll play um, Taylor Swift's version now. Uh, for all you playing along at home, hit pause. I mean, What's, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, so Taylor really. Swift has turned this like upbeat, funky tune into just like a f- banjo-laden folk ballad. Like, Yeah. And in in some ways, though, I can, I can forgive that. Only if you, if you didn't know the original, that would be a great song, but it's in context to the original. What's surprising, the most surprising thing about that to me is that sounds like 2008 era Taylor Swift, not 2018 era Taylor Swift. That's well, I think she was like, I'm going back to my, my roots and, uh, okay, let's just, I'll, I'll, get yeah. into, I'll get into this a bit more, but the internet fucking hated that. Mm-hmm. They went fucking loco on it and it was just nuts. Apparently she chose it for sentimental reasons. So maybe given that she's playing it like old Taylor Swift that it's- you know, and I think that members of the band, yeah, they presented her with a Grammy in 2016. All right. So there's a bit of a connection there, but yeah, the internet got mad and I think it's like what you're saying. It's not really honest to the original. Yeah. It, do, it, it doesn't seem to have the, the connection. She also Although, changed one of the lyrics. So the opening lyric is, do you remember the 21st night of September? Mm-hmm. She changed it to the 28th night of September. Oh, so and immediately if you're listening, you'll be like, well, you don't even know what the lyrics are. Was that, that must be deliberate though. The well, there's somebody September. pointed out some, some Reddit sleuth was like, look at all these 28th of September dates that Taylor Swift has done. Da, 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 da. Okay. But I don't know if there's any merit to it. I guess like in t- what we were talking about with bringing your own artistic value to a song, like maybe what, 
like Alex Leahy would do. That's kind of what that is. That's bringing that Taylor Swift thing onto September um, but it and, re- and reinterpreting it. It's It doesn't really, because it is so like, for lack of a better word, it's such a white sounding song now. It doesn't have any sense of like fun. <laughs> That's a, that is a, like, Listen, Somebody said it sounds like a jingle from a yogurt commercial. Yeah, I'd, I hear that. <laughs> but also like, I mean- I think if Taylor Swift, specifically if Taylor Swift with her vibe was was going to do like a funky cover of September, that would feel maybe worse. Yeah. Maybe it's a thing it'd of be, like- It'd be kind of tacky. Yeah. And look, I've I've just spent all this time shitting on Triple J for whatever reason. Leave them alone. They're the youth broadcaster <laughs> and you're no spring chicken. So that's- um. That and this is I don't I shouldn't be just defending like Taylor Swift of all people, but I do sort Go of understand on. like understand her version and why she might do it like that. It's neither here nor there to, to me. Like it doesn't I'm not excited by it, I'm not fussed by it. One yep. of the co writers of the song, Ali Willis, she she kind of summed it up super well. Like she was like, It's not terrible. Um she was quoted as saying at like an event, like a live QA, she was like uh, I, I felt it was as lethargic as a drunk turtle dozing under a sunflower after investigating a bottle of Valium. And I thought it had all the build of a one-story motel. Yeah. But I mean, the girl didn't kill anybody. <laughs> yeah, it's just, there's definitely- she, up, she just cut a very calm and somewhat boring take of one of the peppiest, happiest, most popular songs in history. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that goes to my point of saying like the, the spirit, the soul of a song is just destroyed uh, in that version. So yeah, I th- I don't think it it does it doesn't hit the mark. Well, you, you know, probably, um, you may as well just write another Taylor Swift song instead of like just re like recycling some lyrics from a different song because that's what she did. She didn't do the same yeah funky chords like 100%. she just like simplified the chords in that. Um, it's pointless. It's a pointless exercise. Speaking of bands who do like really kind of true to form covers, Weezer fucking nail it. They bought out that um yeah that cover album which if you listen to half the songs sound like like their cover of um take on me sounds just like aha uh-huh. i mean that was a did, have you listened to that album very much a bit i, I kind of it, I, a few songs but for the most part it's like very mixed and I, I don't really like all the genres on it or the, a lot of the originals so i remember i listened to that album a lot when it came out i was in la actually at the time uh driving to nam like it wasn't the, that long ago, was it? Yeah, it started last year. Fucking hell, Weezer released so many albums. Yeah, at the Teal album that one was. And it's it's pretty cool. That's in some ways, that's the opposite problem of what we're talking about. Like it's you know too it's too like even the tones of the drums and like yeah. the, the vocal effects are like replicated. It's like almost like a There's a point where I think you if you cover something so closely, then what's the point of doing it? Just listen to the original song. Yeah, um, but I, I think if you cover something too closely, it's good for a couple of listens. It's kind of fun. Like, oh, yeah. that, that's that's it's more of a gimmick. And than- it was, and it's fun to hear artists that you like play different songs. Um, but it sounds but the exact same. Yeah, and- because ultimately you just get um, Rivers. Vo- vo- like vocal on the, all these songs, like doing TLC and yeah, stuff, it, which is you cool. Know what? It almost just sounds like him doing karaoke. It can, yeah, right? that's what it, it can sound like. Because all the arrangements and the instrumentation sound like fucking. Exactly the same as the originals. There's a couple differences in some of the songs. I think it's um, Africa's like pretty cool. Everybody wants Again, to the world is such a great song. Africa sounds so much like the Toto version. I think Happy Together. I think their version of that is pretty cool. Like they they still inject an old song with their own vibe on it, and that works. Yeah. Again, that's um, Weezer bringing their essence to something not I like I think Stand By Me was a bit like they did that but it didn't really work you know it's um his, his voice is too 
smooth. But okay, something you told me yesterday, and I was I was shaken to my core, uh-huh. was we were like talking about covers and what can we do. And you 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 said mm-hmm. you told me I did that Nickelback roast a mean cover. Yep. Um, I really more uh, than and any let me other- just say Jessica Dale, my other colleague at the music, she joined us for our COVID episode. Uh-huh. She said yes, but at what cost? <laughs> But sorry, please explain. I, you, you, I, I was shaken. Oh, firstly, I've said this to everybody, but I own five Nickelback albums and zero Beatles albums. Like, I don't give a fuck about the Beatles. I don't really give a shit about Led Zeppelin, but I love Nickelback. Um, so I'm a complete Nickelback stan. And if you go listen to any of their covers, they've got some really fucking awesome ones uh, on YouTube that you can check out. For example, their version of Sad But True. I made a note of that. Yeah? Yeah. Did you go listen to all of them? I, I think uh, I, I gave I watched, you a couple of them. I, 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 just, I watched that one because it's Nickelback and I was like, enough is enough. Mm-hmm. But I was just sort of like, you know what? This is pretty fucking good. Yeah. Like- They're I, a good band. They're a good- It was tight. It, like, it, yeah. I, I, could, I couldn't- I don't like Nickelback, but I couldn't fault their, their covers. Yeah. That worked for them. Like Metallica is- I mean, this is- oh, Somebody else on YouTube commented, which is like what I thought. They said, came, came here expecting to laugh, ended up being thoroughly impressed. Yeah. Do you know the funny thing about Nickelback? We could do a whole episode about them as a band, but um, I was on the other Nickelback hate train a couple of years ago, and then three different people in the space of a week- unrelated to each other, said to me- It was orchestrated. They said, the best gig I ever went to was when Nickelback played here in Perth. And uh, and they also said, like, that was the best gig and don't tell anybody ever said that. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so it's- I don't, I don't get the shame. It's almost like lame to hate them now. It's just overdone. Yeah, they're a, they are a good- They are a band that I like. They're, they've got some very disposable songs. And I think that's why they get so much hate. But they're still a very tight band. And the thing that they do- is great if that's what you like. Mm. Um, that again, we maybe we don't. I don't want to do a whole thing about um, about Nickelback, but if anyone's interested, there's a great interview. If anyone's interested, just give me a call. We'll have a bit of a chat. <laughs> there's a really great interview that um, uh, Devin Townsend does. Devin Townsend, like heavy metal um, maestro, you know, artist, and so on and so forth. Uh, he talks about meeting Chad Kroger and going to his house, and they uh, they end up singing on each other's uh, on a track on each other's albums recently. It's a really interesting interview. It's worth checking out. But I went and checked out these covers, and so sad but true, Metallica and Nickelback are related as much as people wouldn't want to uh, admit that. But Nickelback, if you listen to anything they've done, they there's a massive like Metallica, Pantera influence on their on their stuff. They've just turned it into pop mu- more into pop music. So it's not a it's not a like a two sideways of a step for them to do like a Metallica cover and mm. have it sound fucking sick. And sad but true. Of all songs too, because it's got that kind of like slow, groovy, uh, groovy vibe to it. it. Works really well. Their version of Sharp Dressed Man is really, really good as well, and worth checking out. Because Chad Kroger is a, a very, very good singer for doing that like gritty hard yeah. rock. Yeah, it's yeah. it's not a f- yeah. it's not a full Herman Nerma voice. It's not like as bad as an Eddie Vedder or a Scott Stapp. It's got a bit of that in there. So it's a bit. Of, it's got that post nineties grunge tone to it. But what he does is quite hard and he does it with so much conviction it it works really well i think maybe he's not the most charismatic performer of all time but i do i I think his covers are very very good and what they do with them is very good damn because it you know it's they reference the original but they still feel like a little bit like they've got their own thing on there and that's what i like about those those versions yeah well speaking of a bit of grunge I thought we'd end on a high. Mm. We'd end with one of the best worst covers in recent history. Tell me. 
Did you, did you um, back in January, Puddle of Mud? Oh, yeah. You know that she fucking hates me. I know that band. I had that album. Let's just smash it 18 years ago. Um, They did a cover of a beloved Nirvana song. Did you hear it? Uh, I don't know if I did, actually. You were in for a fucking treat. Again, anybody listening at home, just please pause and watch this because holy crap. (laughs) (laughs) You had enough? Oh, that's enough. Yeah. So that, that happened in um, January and it kind of went by the wayside. And then given COVID, people around April started discovering it and it just fucking blew up. So what we what we witnessed was an acoustic version of Nirvana's About a Girl with uh, Puddle of Mud singer, Wes Scantlin, fucking screeching. Yep. Like, it's just, what the fuck is going on there? I mean, that's not, that's not an easy song to sing. And his low when he does the the low thing, he sounds exactly like Kurt. Like I, yeah, like I think half in that of it's there, high. It's like yeah. nah, 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 nah. he's clearly just blown his voice out, and you don't know if that's a, like tour related or if he's just spent like thirty years screaming like that and but doesn't like, have a voice anymore. Can he you just, just lower the key and it'll fix it? I mean, you musically, could. it sounds fine. Like you could, yeah. I mean, like you're right. Musically, it sounds fine. I think. Um, I mean. Maybe they just didn't fucking want to do that. It it could be a case of he was just getting a bit too well, there's, cheeky there's, with what he thought he could do. There's other videos of them doing Nirvana because he does sound a lot like Kurt Cobain. He does. And, yeah. that, and those albums back then sounded If like you look up other covers on YouTube, they, they, they sound great. And I think that's just way out of his range. And yeah. the fuck, man, the comments on YouTube, you could you could spend days reading and let me just read out some fucking Go on. some perlers. It sound, uh, this literally sounds like something South Park would do to imitate Nirvana. And someone goes, fun fact, this is what other people hear when you sing with your headphones on. Yeah. Uh, when you buy Nirvana Unplugged off of off the Wish app. Yeah. Plot twist, <laughs> this is why she hates him. Uh, kind of sounds like Kurt Cobain if he was being sodomized with a cactus. And this is my favorite one. Sounds like Krusty the Clown trying to pass a kidney stone. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it fucking blew up. And again, like... I don't know. It, 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 it was just his vocals. Like, I don't think... Yeah. Musically, it was fine. If it was in a lower key or he... I reckon it, it could be a, a lot of things. It sounds... I, I, it's either going to be that he had a bad day because he's, like, was maybe there on tour. And, the rest um, of the band's trying not to laugh at him. If you watch it again, they're, yeah. like, trying to, like, put their head down and It happens, man. Like, honestly, you, you, can watch, you can watch a lot of people doing videos like that when it's embarrassing the rest of the band. Because, as you said, the rest of the band sounds great. They're just trying to pretend like they're not there. Because what are you going to do? You can't stop. Like, you can't not play and say... It was on radio as well. Yeah, they might have rocked it. They might have learnt it, like, months before. And, like, oh, let's do that Nirvana cover today. And he was, like... Again, out partying or something. I'm pretty sure he's had some problems, that guy. So you never know. Yeah, he but, he he kind of responded pretty quickly. He said on Instagram, "Rise above all." Wait, sorry. Rise above others who try and take you down. I'm at my best now, and that's all that matters. I pray for all you because we care. Jealousy is toxic, and toxic people are a waste of time. We walk away with nothing but a smile. I mean, that's a nothing reply. Yeah, and also I kind of know why his bandmates are smiling because. Yeah. So anyway, look. There's, I've done songs where I've definitely, or maybe not sung as bad as that, but we've all had these moments when it sounds fucked or it sounds good at the time. I've train wrecked songs before because I've been too confident. It that okay. might have been what yeah, it was. Yeah, I think he definitely was treated unfairly given, you're right, it could have been like a, he's lost his voice that morning. And now all of a sudden that's 
what most people are, are going to remember him by, not like all this other stuff he's done. It's that fucking one acoustic video. <laughs> he's not going to be re- remembered fondly. He's not remembered fondly now. There's I mean, a lot of guys like when that. You, when you're a one-hit wonder with the song She Fucking Hates Me, yeah, I don't think that yeah. you really... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to, to start off with, they were like a bad... Like, Puddle of Mud were a bad carbon copy of Nirvana, right? In a lot of ways, yeah. I yeah. mean, they were they were... Late nineties, early two thousands ish. Like it's it's kind of post nineties grunge, uh, to the max. They had they had some cool songs at the time. They're not. I I tried to listen to them again, not that long. And you were like, why am I doing I, this? I did. Man, I listened to that album a lot in high school because it was like I was primed. For were you that like, man, I can relate. Yeah, she fucking hates me. I just thought their songs were kind of cool, but now you listen back to it. Yeah, but Ooh. um, but yeah, his his style of singing, man, it doesn't. You, you can't sing like that forever and keep your voice, yeah. uh, particularly when you're touring and everything like that. It's not good for you. So he's probably fucked himself, but also he's done a lot of shit stuff. So like, fuck you as Watch well. Watch the, whoa. That whoa. response, it, it tells you exactly what type of person he is though. It wasn't like, oh, I had a bad day. It was like- He said, I'm my best now. You're just, you see, he pretty much called people jealous of his voice. Yeah. You're it, just jealous. Do you know the band Trapped? I do not. T-R-A-P-T. I do not. Uh, oh, yeah. Didn't they have a bloody one-on-one with um, Old Mate Ice Cube? Oh, yeah. They're all over conservative Twitter at the moment. The guy's a massive Trump supporter, but- That's and right. One That's the, what it was. They were yeah. one of the few bands that played Stir just a few weeks ago. Um, no, Ice-T. 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 Bloody leave me alone, Twitter. I got it. I, I clarified, all right? So, yeah. They're, but they're um they're the same deal. It's like there's a bunch of- <laughs> like, this headline. Ice-T has no idea who trapped are as yeah. they keep trying to start beef. They had one hit called Headstrong, and that was about 18-something years ago, 15 years ago, and that was it. Again, same same sort of era as a Puddle of Mod. It's that, yeah. that real like, bro-y like, yeah. rock metal stuff. Um, and they're just trying to- Yeah, I know what you mean. So, anyway. But anyway, wash that taste out of your mouth with a sweet uh, like Post Malone's Nirvana cover set. It was fucking sick with Travis Barker on drums. Oh, I didn't and know that's that. one that sounds like not too different from Nirvana. And I think when you're kind of doing stuff with Nirvana or other iconic bands, you kind of have to be pretty close to the original. Otherwise, I think you're going to cop a lot of shit. I'm trying to think. I'm sure I've heard some good Nirvana covers. There's there's certainly some out there. At the end of the day, if it if you hear it and you like it, then that's great. It, there's a lot that just doesn't tickle my fancy. So, yeah, I I don't want to say it should. I, I think I, it either hits the pleasure center or it doesn't. And Ooh. there's no... Uh, there's not like a formula to it because I have heard some, some that are like vastly different that I think are fucking sick. So, um, yeah. And if all else fails, just cover 30 songs from the Simpsons. Exactly. Well, there you go. There's a good example of it. That's like showing no reference to the, all that's, I guess it's slightly referenced, but that's completely taking your own Dan Cribb artistry and implanting it over a, um, over a Disney owned property. Yeah. <laughs> hoping for the best. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so I think we're done. Um, thanks for tuning in. Before we go, guess what, Troy? What? There's a bloody new podcast in town. Oh my god! Handshake Media has launched a brand spanking new three-part deep dive series. Oh my god! On a classic Aussie album. Nice. Which Host album? Steve Bell's bloody going after Sil- Silver Chair's uh, Frog Stomp. Cool. So get onto that. It's a fucking awesome podcast. So it's going to surpass ours and get an elbow deep in that. But check it out. It's awesome. Uh, and then, you know, obviously, Neil, go check out Neil's uh, great podcasts. Yep. Uh, head to thepodcasts.com.au and we will see you soon. Cool bananas. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.